Welcome back, people. This is Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. I'm your boy, Mr. Prez, and with me always, but only by way of notes this week, is Cash. Cash is uh, making his way back to the States. He'll be back with us next week, but in the meantime, I'll hold it down once again, and I got a special episode for us uh, coming up, but before I get too far into that... Let me welcome the people who may be hearing us for the first time, even though we got out like over 160 uh, episodes. And then we have, I mean, probably got over 180 episodes in total with all the bonuses and everything. But this is Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast, a podcast about sports, music, and culture. What culture? Black culture. So we have this thing that's called Only the Classic Series. And we go back and revisit albums that we deem are classics and we want to discuss and bring the narrative back around to those albums. For one, it's just to go back and revisit the albums and do a deep dive in on them. But it's also to open it up to conversation with you. So uh, this time on Only the Classics, since I'm the only one who get a vote on it, I got to go to uh, one of my favorite albums and something that I like to listen to. I've been it's been in the discussion with me and Cash for a minute, and we the artist has specifically the artist is going to be Wale, and we was trying to figure out which album did we really want to discuss about Wale. We are fans of majority of his catalog. Uh, all the way dating all the way back to attention deficits one of the albums that we kind of just immediately picked off on and said like and this dude has a bright future uh, up in in the industry and just want to see hopefully that he continue to grow and uh, in our eyes he has and he had consistently put out a Great albums leading up to this. It seems like each one just got better and better. It was a Wale attention deficit, then ambition, then the gifted. And the one that we're going to bring and talk about today is uh, the culmination of some of his mixtapes. And then now coming together with his album as he get to, as he gets to have one of his main inspirations come on and, you know, lend his voice that was uh, inspiration for his mixtape and now his album the album about nothing we talking about jerry seinfeld come on to join him with this man so without further ado this is don't sleep on the couch podcast this is only the classics this is wale the album about nothing Think of it. You know this long road accumulating luggage. This time proceeds preoccupied with everything. I think it's about time that I sing of nothing. Man. Me and Cash have repeatedly, repeatedly said this, man. You got to capture people from the beginning off the jump with the intro. You can't have any wasted moments on a classic titled album. So without, uh, with that, Wale did not disappoint. He came in, immediately captured you, harmonizing over this uh, little tune, uh, gave you a, a good taste of who he is and presenting you with what's, what's to come on this album. So this is Wale's fourth album. It's, uh, it was 14 songs. So it was 13 with a bonus track uh, that was a part of the single. It was about an hour and five minutes. Uh, this album was themed after his mix, very successful mixtape that he had, which consisted of the mixtape about nothing that was in 2007 before he got signed. And then you had more 
about nothing mixtape was 2010 after he was signed to Interscope. And now, several years later after he didn't drop, uh, this is his fourth album. And he teamed back up and he was able to get uh, Jerry Seinfeld actually on the tape. So he had been paying homage to a show that he loved. And during these different phases and what was unique about these, uh, the mixtapes were, it was always shining a light on something and it was like trying to bring it be different in the industry that was so full of things are the same and movements that was going that way so i mean if 2007 it was like all the snap music so him bringing something fresh up and everybody bringing it back to the lyrics and throwing his go-go stuff and stuff with it so and he took snip snippets of the the series and would throw it up in there of course he had a connection to get Jerry Seinfeld on the tapes with him. But lo and behold, if he, you know, continued to hone his craft and here we are looking back uh, practically seven years, uh, eight years later, and he's able to team up with the person that was the inspiration for those things. So that part is unique. And on this album, it was a very personal album with Seinfeld narrating the story. Maybe that's kind of why I feel like it's so well received because it didn't leave anything to question. Like you had to dig too deep into it or if he was doing the triple double entendres, you know what stuff meaning you had a well-known comedian and, you know, person who could speak these things and was explaining the steps throughout this stories, uh, throughout this album. So it played very well throughout, uh, the narration helped clarity of the journey of the album. He lays it all out, being transparent with the life and the the, the good and the bad of, you know, being an artist in the industry and the fears of the future and, you know, kind of being alone because you can't really connect with everybody because everybody has this perception about the rapper, somebody from D.C., a black man in America. All these was spoke on in this album, so... Let's go on and jump into it and break these things down, man. So on the intro about nothing, uh, this is it picked up exactly off of the outro about nothing from the gifted. That was the last album that he had before this. Uh, this had that couple beat like kind of pickups and stuff on here, and it had that go-go sound intertwined throughout. And then you had like a little melody violin outro that was going to it that kind of blended the sound in the background very well. And then you had him harmonizing, the, as you heard on the little intro. And then sipping wine, sipping wine, because my Henny's finished. You know, just jumping straight into it, telling you like, hey, I'm kind of telling you like, ain't no stopping in this life as it just keep going on. And then he has a couple like lines up in here where, you know, like people were saying that all Wale does is make like songs for the women and things like this. But in every last one of his albums, man, he he has been one of the top lyricists, in my opinion, on, you know, how he's able to, to tell a story and fit it up in there. Yes, he has the, the the songs that he makes for the women, but who can fault anybody for that? Like, as a man who's trying to, like, who's out in the life, that's who you're going to be speaking to. You got to have everything kind of centered at uh, the streets and everything like people have that lane. So you need to open it up and bring other things to the open in the forefront and what the day to day struggle and what you're going to be going through or who you're trying to meet and the ills and downs of a relationship who to say that you couldn't talk about this in the rap song. So, Hey, I, I appreciate him that, but he says a couple of things up in here. It's like, and if life is short, then I'll be the shorts on the five, five kind of took that line. Yeah. 
Yeah, that kind of can mean like a couple different things to me, but it's like uh, five, five, five freshmen who made it out to the top, uh, made it to the finals. And, you know, they didn't succeed, but it was a hell of a journey. And people were saying that you couldn't do it. So, you know, making it for somewhere where people doubted you, you kind of being a trendsetter and opening a lane and, you know, creating all these things for yourself. So that's how I kind of see just live. And and that's when they came in with the bigger shorts. So live life big up in there. Then he kind of rounded out the intro speaking on something that you're going to hear just, you know, constantly said in hip hop and everything. Because whoever the originator always saying somebody copying them or watering down the music and everything. So even in 2015 or in this 2010, his, his catalog that he had built up then, they was trying to say, they was trying to say in the music industry as a whole that, you know, the young people wasn't holding it down. They wasn't being true lyricists when... That's such a lazy way of looking at things. You got to dig a little deeper. There's always somebody out there, you know, honing and taking this craft and, you know, trying to elevate it or, you know, finding unique ways to actually, you know, spin it again. Now, the radio or the industry may push one. They may push it one way, but I feel like as a listener, man, you got to be able to, you know, find these things. I mean, that's how rap music came about. Sometimes you had to be at the spot. You had to go find the the, the guy, the mixtape person. Like, this has been an ongoing thing. It wasn't never just kind of handed to us, man. We, we've been, you got to have your ears to plugged in everywhere and like kind of listening and trying to look for that sound that you're trying to find or that next sound that's up and coming. So that's on them. But they had to take on here, and uh, he kind of addressed that on there. I make these niggas' opinions of younger lyricists consistently weak. Put my cardio in the audio, you're, you're missing the beat. So kind of telling you right there with I put my cardio in the audio, I mean, saying he put his heart into the music. Don't be, don't miss what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to deliver out there. So, so as I said, like this was a great intro. He gave you a little introspective into him. Who he is in the industry gave you a little sample of the sound that he kind of embodies with the go-go in the background. You got the little melodic tones going with the violin playing in the background. And then he kind of tell you where he's kind of heading and how he's feeling about music at this point. And that was illustrated on that last little part where I told you like how people were doubting lyricists are still in the game and he said hey he put his heart and everything into it so this this was already shaping up to me to be like okay he's gonna really co- go for it on this and then we haven't even must heard Seinfeld again yet on this album so that came in on the second song with Helium Balloon and you got Seinfeld beautifully narrating the intro and on on this song and I'm like okay I get how this is gonna go on here but his explanation of our attachment to artists and trying to like we can't create something but you know we can buy uh album we can champion this person and we're just alone for the ride sometimes we may have had aspirations to be some of these things but it just life didn't take us that way but we can you know live or, or experience those same things and somebody can orchestrate some of the events that we kind of navigated through our lives and you know that is kind of why we hold on tight and then when they create something that you would consider a masterpiece and you just holding on you can hold on too tight for that and you know not letting them continue to float or move on and so they hate me for that saying i just make women songs yeah 
perfect style Every versatile got me right where her walls at Don't know what my core needs So fuck who ignore me For I need niggas I purchased three mirrors And show y'all was for me So he wants to let it go and he wants to catch it so right there was the last verse in the uh on the song where he kind of wraps it up with you know the industry little portion of how people kind of want to hold on and you know kind of hold them back a little bit but and he spoke on that like in three different aspects uh through the verses the first verse he was speaking on how family you know how he chasing this lifestyle so he lose communication with family and that portion is kind of taken away from him and then you have the the industry uh where they want him to you know fit in with the 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 style of rap that they're going through and not letting him fully create and then uh then as he was speaking on there you know some people say all he does is make the women's songs so they saying that he's not diverse enough but he has a line up in there where he's saying diverse with my rapping i'm a writer with a passion Tell the purists that laugh, I don't reach out for daps because no hands went triple platinum, you know, because uh, despite what they're saying, like he didn't create it and he was still able to do it his way on some of these commercial success that he didn't had of recently. So, yeah, just encompassing all that. So, like, this is another little part. Now he's, we're getting a little bit of the story and, and how we going. So the intro described a little bit of the past and going forward. Now this is like, hey, this is what's happening right now. So liking this, hey, just hang on, be around for the journey. So that's two for two so far on here. And then next up we had the white shoes. White Shoes is more of a melodic tone, uh, straightforward kind of message in it. And this is kind of what you was getting. Like you kind of expect it with like having somebody like uh, Jerry Seinfeld on here. You want, you don't want to overthink and overcomplicate a song and kind of leave everybody out. This is your one that you're trying to grab as many fans as possible. And I think that he did that too with White Shoes where – where Jerry Seinfeld on this show, Seinfeld was a sneakerhead, a low-key sneakerhead. Ain't something that he went out and bragged about, but he always had some fresh kicks on, you know, styling with uh, a pair of jeans or however he was doing back in the day. And, you know, speaking on that, like, uh, it's the little things that people kind of notice that gives them kind of joy. And he's like the white shoes kind of that he kind of brought out. And he tells a story of him. Uh, what John Seinfeld tells the story of him going up to a lady and, you know, saying, I'm glad you're still keeping with the white shoes. You know, you're keeping that positive attitude. And that's kind of how the whole song is kind of uh, talking about. It. It's just keeping a positive vibe and saying, fuck everybody uh, else and what they think. And, you know, keep your own joy. Find out what makes you happy and appreciate what you got kind of deal. That's kind of how the whole song is. It's, it's very melodic, very catchy. Great song, great playthrough when you need something a little bit to get you out of funk or anything and things ain't going right. <laughs> the the overall message of the song is, hey, everything's going to be all right. Keep keep your positive attitude and keep it moving. And, man, th like I said, this is a, a mood-type song. Anytime you're feeling down, this can immediately, like, kind of flip that mood for me and get me back in the right thing. So I appreciate this song, the whole melodic portion of it. Uh perfect perfect song so now we're three songs in on this man and yo they haven't missed yet and then lo and behold on this fourth song coming up the pessimist uh this 
<laughs> it comes on with George Costanza. That's a character on the Seinfeld show for those who don't watch it. Uh, he's sitting there talking about, you know, not having hope, you know, just being hopeless. And like uh, that, that that's what women find attractive, just like the hopelessness of a situation. Right. And uh, I, I, I kind of got it was several different meanings and things up in here kind of intertwined in the message of, of him utilizing that to speak on the hopelessness of our society. Uh, George uh, Costanza on that kind of George Zimmerman. He kind of spoke on that line, that lane up in there, you know, kind of, inter- kind of mixed them together. And then uh, saying the system ain't built for us and what we can achieve. And like, uh, you know, we got, we got stuff that we can, the outside looking in can say we got stuff that we need to fix, but that don't overstate any of the things that's going along. And one of the things was George Zimmerman, uh, was the guy who killed, killed Trayvon Martin. And that was a very polarizing case back then. And it was just like, it, these things was just starting to just reoccur, reoccur. And the fact that like, you know, he followed them and like, the whole society in, in general, and I think he kind of spoke on all those things up in here, you know, corruption in the, in the judicial system and uh, the, the cops and, you know, then, you know, how they always want to kind of relay everything to black on black crime uh, and comparing that to when these situations like this happen and kind of discrediting what was really going on and kind of using that as a scapegoat to get out. So message within the message, and then you had – J. Cole only on the hook, didn't even must lend a whole verse to it, but you know, the the chorus that he was lending was so kind of impactful. And it lends to what J. Cole, Kendrick, uh, and Wale at the time was kind of like they were they was more in that lane of speaking on these social situations and and addressing that, not just always the happy go lucky music. And you kind of need that mix in between with hip hop to actually like go through it. Some of these things got to be a little thought provoking and kind of make you want to, you know, kind of push back against society a little bit. And yeah, I thought this song did that perfectly, kind of making us ask questions about the situation, how it's looking outside inside you know and just trying to come to Man, so, so far, man, we done had an intro of a song kind of detailing like how his uh, career has been going and where he is, introducing you to Wale. Now you done had, then you had uh, the song that's kind of introducing the album and the journey that you about to take. And then you have the uplifting song and White Shoes. And now you got the, the, he immediately take you on another motion going down with, with pessimists and just saying, but have a up, but still maintain the upbeat type production with it to keep it, you know, kind of flowing on here and give it a little bit more thought provoking in that song. And then you have followed that up with, you know, the middle finger and ignore the outside noise is kind of where he was going on here. Uh, a fight Wale constantly has, like, if you if you follow him as an artist, it's one of the things that he constantly deals with with himself, you know, just how people kind of view him and him wanting to be on that top echelon of rappers, but 
people kind of never putting him up there. They they acknowledge that he has skills and their everything, but you know when they have those talks, he's not really put up there. But he kind of feel he feels, and I feel like too that he's one of the the better artists that we have with the within this 2010s type generation. You know what I mean? And he's constantly he never. Uh, you know, watered down his craft, yet not at least on these albums as he was coming up, you know, and maintaining his style and everything and getting out his, doing it his way. So you got to appreciate that as an artist, you know. And, uh, yeah, so that was Middle Finger. Great, great melody as well. Again, on there, like, uh, that's that's one that just kind of keep it flowing. So he didn't give you different themes and topics on these albums and then, you know, as you go into the next song, number six, which is the one time in Houston, he slows it back down and gets back into his love or harmonizing groups or the woman songs, as people are going to say. But he does it <laughs> in that lane. Wiley owns that shit. That, that, that right there is him hands down. Like, I don't think nobody at this time or, you know, since has kind of did it like him. I mean, I know people got Drake and all this, but I mean. Wale was separate and you know maintaining that consistency with his music so uh getting lost in the world that's kind of what this song is talking about you know just you know trying to slow it back down he speaks on some of the drug habits he had and how people kind of view him if you kind of like seen him and see the mess that he is right now would you kind of lose a little respect from him so yeah uh yeah just trying to slow it down and take it on life at the same time in the fast paced industry. So really liked how he adapted the, the shrewd up type sound up in here and still blended it well with what he's going through. Everybody, when you talk in Texas and that the serve and all this sort of stuff and on there, they, they're going to kind of go that route. But I mean, he, he, he killed it on this man that the, the mixture of, you know, just going to his regular style rapping to the slowed it down to the harmonizing, like up in there, man, it's, it's, it's great. All right, and then uh, for number seven, you had a little bit more sped up. The Girls on Drugs, this is a cautionary tale with a little peep behind the glass of what's portrayed on TV, you know, uh, talking about the party lifestyle portrayed in music videos and the lifestyle, the hard to find someone to connect with makes the lifestyle lonely. And uh, I don't know if y'all catch it on this song right here, but he he didn't use any curse words or nothing up in there. And then he later in the the, the final verse, he kind of drops a hint of why he did it. He acknowledges what rap uh, kind of introduces into the community, but at the same time, if you're providing a message and everything that's going forward, like it's 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 life. That's life, and you got to go through it all. But you know. Give them the real with it. Don't always just act like you out there, which we have way too many artists out there feeling like they're just giving them the street lifestyle. Like it's always, they always looking out like this or, you know, they're always partying and everything is always good. You know, that, that side has its pitfalls and downsides as well. And then, you know, I thought he did a great job of using this type of song to kind of tell that little part that most people don't speak on. You just speak of all the girls and partying and stuff like this, but kind of how, those type people that you're dealing with at that time is, you know, they're the heavy partiers and they're the ones that's all like this. You're probably still going to go out there, but they're the type of people you want to be bringing home or starting a relationship with. In my position to give my lyrics to little kids is not official unless I'm giving them authentic. We all living with small demons. We all sending the song similar bros with us in the bong getting. Let me tell you about the women I be chilling with. 
So a message even in hidden in the song. And that takes us next to the God smile. And a God smile, man, uh, as you just heard, uh, Wale did a perfect thing of blending in, like, you know, DC to the out and linking it to the outside world, the things that he kind of experienced and what you experience in your neighborhood and how that can relate to like the bigger picture where he was just saying the, the go-go music linking those to the Jay-Z you know, talking about that sound and Mary and Barry, your leaders of your city. Uh, and he linked that to Barry O, Barry Obama. And then he was talking about Wayne Perry, the little Wayne, you know, uh, your, your stars within that you're kind of accustomed to. Uh, but then he was just like, you know, how he's going to end up going. And th after this album, this is the, he did get a visit to the white house and actually where he continued to add to the list of rappers that had actually performed at the White House. I mean, this was during the Obama era, so hey, we was actually getting accepted and him bringing a, every perspective into the White House and letting everybody be represented. So that was always good there too, so I like that. Then next we had uh, The Need to Know featuring SZA, and he opens up with it on this song, you know, Given a snippet of the TV show where Seinfeld and Elaine was like going through their uh, having the friends with benefits type relationship. And he goes back into his comfortable zone right here where he's sitting there telling the story, you know, just the difficulties of having a relationship in the industry that he's in. Great song. Continue on. If you know Wale, this is like I said, once again, these are his strengths, man. So these right here blends perfectly on there, man. I, another comfortable track for Wale on this, but you know, that's not to undersell it at all. It's a it's a great song on the album and you know, like I said, like he's kinda intertwining a little bit more of the storytelling, like telling the the getting a little bit more personal in the message on here. So it kinda blends kinda well with that. And then uh the success was the next song on there. Um <laughs> how, you know, he starts off on this one, you know, basically saying uh, graduate from school just to live on your knees, basically saying you still have to you, you went to school, college or whatever. It's not the end all be all for most people and uh, wonder why the undergrads don't wait for summer for the heat uh, saying like, you know, even some people like that had to turn to a different type of lifestyle to kind of make things kind of end up meeting. And you wonder why they do it, you know, because uh, <laughs> the the the. the Everything, just because you have a college education don't mean that it's, that life is just going to magically be healed. There's still a struggle out there for everybody. So, yeah, the success. <laughs> you picture it one way, and it's this wonderful dream that you have, but then when you're actually at that point or you would be what somebody else calls successful, you don't see what's behind closed doors or see the other side of it and then see that everything can still kind of be a struggle. So uh, I, I like this one too again, man. Like he's, he's telling – a great everyday life stories, things that people are going to go through. So you always got something on this album to kind of relate to. But even while delivering that message, man, he still finds a way to throw in those deeper meanings within to his songs and deeper layers where you got to really listen to kind of understand what's going on. And, you know, him talking about some of the clothing that he went through, his lifestyle 
of, you know, being a sneakerhead and, you know, working for the sneaker company and those things. So, and then he had one line up in there where he was kind of talking about Lupe Fiasco, but he didn't call him Lupe Fiasco. He called him by his government name and then kind of say how that was kick push. I really liked how he tweaked that. Man, and that's one of the things I love about Wale, always finding a ways to continue to, you know, stretch his uh, lyricism, even within, like, these different type of songs that you would think would be a little bit more cookie-cutter, man. That's kind of what sets him apart, that I kind of still equate him up there with the Kendricks and the, uh, the J. Coles, you know. Never being lazy on a song or taking the easy way out. They always find ways to still put a deeper uh, thought into every song that they create. So, yes, man, uh, that was the success, man. Great song on that as well, too. Uh, next song we had was uh, The Glass Egg. And this right here was like the tip top of like his storytelling on, on the, uh, the album to me. And this is like uh, where he says like, okay, good business with mad friends and and it kind of repeats that intro throughout on every verse, you know, kind of before he goes deeper into what he's going to be explaining. Okay, good business with mad friends. Bad business with mad friends. Aha! Used to be my homie, me and you was in it though. Now that shit got cold like the OG with that finger man just how he goes straight into it and like still like i said that deeper meaning and all these things just how you got to catch everything like so he was talking about uh george iceman gervin and kind of relaying that to like a, a, a friendship like you was chilling and then things become ice cold so hey <laughs> Uh, and that that storytelling is throughout on there like i said like this is one of the ones that i think like he he gives you know how relationships can go bad or how you know, even on that way, say, okay, good business with mad friends. It's like, you know, good business with mad friends, uh, how that can go good or bad business with bad, with mad friends, which is like you dealing with crazy people and your business go bad. And then they saying, okay, at the beginning, and even twisting on that, they say, okay, is it good business to have, is it good to have business with multiple or a ton of friends that's kind of set you up for failure as well too on that so it got the the triple meaning at the beginning man so always a good intro and introspective way of kind of thinking at it and then he lays it out over the next three verses man great storytelling on that like so he kills it on that right there as well that takes us to the song number 12 the bloom and this is him still seeking relationship. Uh, I, I like how he intertwines some of these, uh, the lines they use on here. Thank you for your flower, but I'm trying to be your son. So he kind of flips that flower and son reference repeated throughout. And, you know, this is him like, while they like these type of songs. Like I said, these are, these, this is his zone. So like he locks in on this, but on that little portion where he said, thank you for your flower. He was thanking the mother for the flower. He said that he's trying to be your son. So marriage, he's kind of linking up, but then the flower and sun references like the flower needs to light from the sun to actually to grow, to succeed, uh, to, to have life. So there you go. So the bloom man, and, uh, he just expands upon that reference, uh, a lot, the song, and that's bringing us to these last couple songs. And this, unlike 
all most albums where they give you their singles and stuff up front, the stuff that's going to hit, he kind of pushed that to the back of the album. So you got all new material that you hadn't heard. And it wasn't until like the back of the album where you get into the more familiar stuff. So you was either locked in or you had kind of like jumped to it all the way. And me, I was kind of locked in and I was appreciating the album all the way through on this. And then you end with a, jewel of an album a jewel song which is the matrimony feature usher and seinfeld and wale kind of ending discussion on this right here where they talking about the roller coaster ride what's next what's what could be next up for him in life which would be marriage and uh and to end it off jerry ain't really got too much advice from him he's saying like hey man it's scary like that that's the that's the next week thing because you're talking about you going into a a relationship and nobody kind of sees that everyone has kind of been different and you just go up there and it was like it's scary going up to you get to that point and then when you get it you get married you at the top and then it's all downhill it's like a big adventure ride that when you're trying to meld and hopefully it levels out and you know you done had fun along the way as it kind of goes so uh usher perfect person for the hook on this man this this right here um I loved how Wale in the verses was kind of flipping the the water reference in that first verse where he was like, it went from flipping the well to water, then to sails, to staying afloat at sea. And then he was referencing a, a marriage. So a staying afloat in the sea with plenty of fishes out there. It's kind of hard to not get uh, blinded or taken, taken down by this. And, uh, people going to try you and stuff like this on your relationship. Cause you at sea is a ton of, ton of fish in the sea correct right so uh he kind of ended with bitches out here trying to see if my relationship's strong so there you go uh loved how he tied all those references in there on on that and like continue to showcase his style or something that could have been a simple song just to get because you got usher on the hook this should, this is automatically you would think it's going to be like a a hit but you know still find a way to kind of ease that in man and this is where I think uh, people undersell uh, Wale and his abilities on here, man. So, yeah. Then uh, got a bonus track, uh, well, which was end up being his first single, and he kind of put it as a bonus track on here. But uh, <laughs> for me, <laughs> you know how I feel. Like, some music got created, and, you know, this is uh, – it got R. Kelly in the background of here. With you remind me, uh, all those references and the, and the tones are – uh, in the background of this song, uh, we look at it today and everything R. Kelly has is locked up and, you know, people kind of shift away from his music and everything. But this is still part of us, man. Like we went through all this. So I kind of appreciate like how they got this in the song. And I know at this time he was still had been through a court case, got cleared. This is before his second uh, court case and the TV show and stuff came out. So this was still acceptable. Uh <laughs> I like this. I like how they got a mix. I got like I got a song uh, that I can go back to, and you know nobody's gonna be kind of freaked out because it's like R. Kelly. So uh, the body featuring Jeremiah, man, this is bonus track. Uh, Triple Entendres up in here as well, where he's saying uh, I got a floating like a riding on the stars, so I keep it G P S. See where where this is going. So multiple different meanings on that too. So. Um, you got to listen that Wale, even on these like love songs and everything, he's expanding his lyricism, but people want to just shy away from it because it's not street gun bars and everything kind of, kind of undersell it. I don't know why, but this is why I appreciate Wale. 
14 songs. Uh, the album about nothing. The concept that he came up with was just like going through the journey through life and everything. Giving you a little piece of him, the fame, very personal journey, very things that he's kind of difficult been going going through. He gave you talking about some of the his flaws with the drugs uh, and, and everything, and how you would kind of look at him different, or a woman would kind of look at him different. They knew everything that he was going through, but then his struggle is just trying to get a relationship and maintain it. He spoke on his uh, losing his losing a child with uh, one of his girlfriends. Um, yeah, man, this. This record, man, and it definitely has like some great songs on it, man. The the White Shoes, Pessimist featuring J. Cole, Middle Finger, um, top to bottom, man. I, I listen every time I put on a song from this album, I want to hear the hear it from the beginning. And that's kind of where I consider the classic mind. It got a very relatable message in it. Uh, things that you can kind of be through, put yourself in that little point of view. Uh, Great narration throughout by Seinfeld on here. Culmination, if you follow the artist, you know, him getting, doing the mixtapes to now having Jerry Seinfeld kind of featured on the album and getting out that full vision that he had there. Uh, yeah, man, this, this album, man, it's classic in my eyes, man. Tell me what you think of this album. Uh, and we'll be back with Cash next week. I'll let him give his thoughts on it, too, as well. Uh, I doubt if we come back and visit it on like this, but we'll be other albums that we come back and visit on only the classic series. Uh, so if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Help us spread the word. If you feel like this is good content, continue to push it out there for everybody else. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Go go to our YouTube page where we we release video portion on uh, of the podcast as well. And then f go over to our Patreon over there if you feel, if you really love the show and you want to uh, donate. And where it does help us out in the background where we still have these, where we have these background costs, you know what I mean? With Cash Back in the States, we definitely want to want to link up and, you know, do a couple of live shows. Uh, probably have a couple of artists on there uh, where we can go meet them and go out there and uh, go to a couple games for the sports side. So we're going to try to do a couple of things and things this year. But I mean, the, any, any help that you can provide by subscribing to our Patreon or anything like that, it's much appreciated. Thank you. To, thank you already for the some people who are supporting at minimum. Listen, give us a like on uh, whatever DSP that you're listening to uh, and help spread the word. Thank you. Out.